I'm Pastor Gerald Rico, and this message is a part of our online ministry here at River of Life in Menominee, Wisconsin. To find out more about us, please visit our website, riveroflife.co. Again, that is riveroflife.co. But for now, prepare your heart and enjoy this message. Um, It's a pleasure to be here this morning to share the message with you all, and uh, I'd uh, first like to start out with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to come here today and worship you and to learn more about you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you give us an insatiable hunger every day to learn more about you and learn more about your word. Lord, I pray that uh, we seek you and I know we'll find you every day, Lord. Please work in us and through us to do your will and experience your great love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So how's everybody doing this morning? Good deal. All right. Well, uh, we're starting a new series called Spiritual Habits, and uh, it'll be continuing throughout the month here. And uh, I'd first like to uh, talk about what is a discipline. Okay, um, you may have heard of either spiritual habits or spiritual disciplines. They're, 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 basic, they're the same. But sometimes discipline has a negative connotation because there's a couple different meanings dealing with a discipline. And I'll tell you the way I'm going to talk about discipline today, the, the meaning that I'm going to use, the definition I'm going to use, but I'm first going to tell you the, the one that I'm not going to use. So please erase this from your mind when I'm talking about discipline. Uh, I'm not using it uh, to mean to punish or penalize for the sake of enforcing obedience. But the way I'm going to be using it today is to train or develop by instruction and exercise, especially in self-control, to develop a productive habit or practice. Okay, spiritual disciplines are practices found in the Bible which encourage and advance the spiritual growth among those who are saved and born again. Uh, Some of these spiritual disciplines or habits are, are Bible reading, prayer, fasting, Christ-centered community, um, meditation, evangelism, worship, serving, and, and along with others. It's a means or way to not only become closer to Christ, but to progressively become like Christ on the inside. It's a way of developing the heart of Christ, and also on the outside, uh, it's a way of <clears throat> becoming Christ-like. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would like to read from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Right now, uh, the, the Olympics is uh, going on, right? and um, some of you may have been watching some of the events. Uh, All those people that are in the Olympics, even though I would say most of them have a lot of natural talent, but that's not enough to be in the Olympics, to be at the top of a a sport in in the world, right? You have to do a lot of training. Uh, It takes a a lot of practice. You have to have a habit every day of um, physical conditioning and doing things to help you do better in your sport. And uh, 
it, it's, it's very similar to the way of living a, a Christian life, actually. Uh, we, we need to develop good practices and habits. And once we're saved and born again, uh, we become a child of God. And we become a Christian. And the main goal from then on, really, is to progressively become Christ-like through a relationship with Christ, inviting God to produce godliness in us. Okay, uh, one thing I'd like to mention too, and sometimes people get confused with this, but spiritual disciplines or habits do not bring about salvation. I know there's, there are some people, maybe not here, but there's some people in the world that they, they believe that to some degree. Um, you know, we cannot earn our salvation. It's impossible for us to earn our salvation. We're saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ and what he did on the cross. Uh, not by our works. He earned it for us. Okay, the spiritual discipline that I'd like to talk to you about today, or spiritual habit, is of Bible reading. So I'm going to ask a real simple question, and I'd just like you to think about it a little bit to yourself. But what is the Bible? Pretty basic question, right? I'm involved in some uh, jail ministries in some of the local jails in, the, in Dunn County and Eau Claire. And I've asked people that multiple times uh, in Bible studies. And invariably, there's one person always speaks up and real proudly says, it's basic instructions before leaving earth. Have you guys heard that one before? You know, but it always seems like that comes up. And, it, you know, it's, in fact, I can't help but laugh when I hear that. And, but, you know, there's a lot of truth in that, right? Um, there are a lot of instructions in there that we need to know before leaving earth. Um, some of them are basic and some of them are very in-depth, right? But I think there's even more to it. And uh, this is a, a definition I'd like to share with you. It is God's authoritative word showing us clearly who God has been in the history of humanity and what he desires for us individually. So I, I don't know if any of you have ever thought of this before. It, you may have when you were, um, before you were a Christian or maybe when you were early in your walk with Jesus. You, have you ever thought, why read the Bible? You ever thought about that? You know, the, the act of reading sometimes doesn't really correlate uh, with God, even though you're reading the Bible. But you see, God's word uh, answers that question for us. And I'd like to read from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. But you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the, the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. 
God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So I, 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 I like that. That, that. that says a lot about um, you know, um, God's word. You know, many of the things we know, we're taught, right? We learn from our parents, teachers, other family members, just through doing life. And to be taught the truth, to be taught the true way to do things, you have to have a trustworthy source. Wouldn't you agree? Um, and that trustworthy source is the Bible. It's inspired by God. It's inerrant, and then it's infallible. God, through the Holy Spirit, has worked through multiple people uh, in the past to write his word. And it not only gives us knowledge, but it gives us the wisdom on how to apply this knowledge. You know, you got to have both. I mean, you know, it's good to have as much knowledge as you can, especially about God and his ways. But then you also have to have the wisdom on how to apply that knowledge. And, and the thing is, is God does that for you, and he does it through his word. You know, his scripture teaches us what's right or wrong. And it's very handy in life to know what's right and wrong. You know, if you're trying to make a decision about whatever in life, and your decision does not align with God's word, it's probably not going to work very well, is it? But you see, you have to know God's word really well to know where the lines with it or not. And I believe, and this is, this is the thing I probably like the best about reading God's word, it's the main way that God speaks to us. Now, years ago, I, I made a very, uh, I don't know, was ignorant statement to my wife. Of course, it wasn't the first time I've ever done it, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I, we were, you know, we're going to church every Sunday. I, I, I've been a Christian since I was 22. I was raised in the church. I started going to church probably when I was about six years old. But, um, you know, um, I, I heard a sermon or someone talk about uh, hearing God speak to him. And the ignorant statement I made is, you know, Jennifer, I never hear God speaking to me. <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't read the Bible a lot back then. I read a little bit, but I know God spoke to me through the, through the Bible. And he, he does for everybody, especially anyone that earnestly seeks him through reading the Bible. And, you know, reading the Bible, we learn about who God is, uh, how he relates to us and how we relate to him. We learn a lot of neat things about God. And one of the things that I, I really like about God, one of many things, is God is love. Okay? You know, he is the source of all goodness. And uh, that helps me a lot when things come about in life that maybe aren't that good. And uh, I have a tendency, or I used to have a tendency, I don't do it as much anymore uh, because I, I, God's taught me that... that uh, my thinking was wrong on this, but um, since God is love, he's nothing but goodness. So when something bad comes into your life, it isn't from him because he can't do that because he's good. He's love. And we also learn uh, you know, that he's a God of provision. He's a God of peace. And it's great to read the Bible and learn about all his ways. And we learn how to receive salvation that God's provided. There have been many, many people in the world that's received Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior, 
just by reading his word because God speaks to them, to them through his word. He speaks to their heart and mind and helps them to understand their need for him, that they were created to be dependent upon him. And we learn about how God wants us to live because if we live the way he wants us to, we'll be happy. Okay? When we have obstacles come against us, we'll be able to, able to get through them much easier this way. And when we read the Bible, we learn many things about God, like I mentioned about his love, his goodness. And you know, the more you read it, the more you, you uh, get within you the, the knowledge that, you know, he's for me, he's not against me, he'll never leave me, he'll never forsake me. Nothing can separate me from his great love. And when you get that deep down inside of you, it builds faith. You, you put your full trust in him. And having faith in him opens up the door for him to even do more in your life. And also reading God's word produces godliness. So you might think, how can reading the Bible produce godliness? Well, it's the main way that God's given us to open the door to having an intimate relationship with him, to going uh, into having a relationship where it's a, a, a very intimate type of relationship. But you see, it's not the act of reading the Bible that is the relationship. Let me give you an example. Let's say, for instance, um, the favorite thing that you and your family likes to do is go to amusement parks. You know, that, that might be the thing that really brings the family together and you all enjoy it and it's a really fun experience, right? So, and you, let's say you want to have the ultimate amusement park experience. So, um, you get to looking through the surveys and stuff on the internet or whatever, um, but you find out, say, for instance, that uh, Walt Disney World Resorts in Florida is the number one rated uh, amusement park. In fact, it's made up of multiple amusement parks. So you think, well, this is going to be the ultimate experience, the ultimate amusement park experience. So you think, well, you know, that's a long trip from Wisconsin to Florida. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to buy tickets, and we're going to fly down there, right? So you buy tickets, the day comes, you fly to Florida, you go to experience all the amusement parks within the Disney World Resort, and it's, it's great. You just love it. You had, that's the best experience you've ever had uh, with amusement parks with your family. But you see, the plane trip, the flight, the airplane itself is just the mode of transportation to get you there, right? To have that wonderful experience. And it's the same way with reading God's Word. God's Word is the vehicle or, or the mode of transportation to get you into His presence. You know, when we um, go into a quiet place, and it's best if we do it every day, we go into a quiet place, and we pull out the Bible, okay, and we sit there and we open it up. We're accepting God's invitation that he gives to us every day to spend time with him. When you open that Bible up and you earnestly seek him through reading his word, God says, this person wants to spend time with me. My child, who I love dearly, who I died for, wants to spend time with me. And you, know, you have Almighty God there. And not only do you learn a lot from him, but a lot of times just being in his presence 
changes us, it rejuvenates us. And like I said, it's very advantageous for us to do that daily because it helps us to focus on him and, and, and keep him in the forefront of our minds as we go through our busy days. Okay, as many of you know, uh, I do chaplain's work. I, I go into, uh, I do uh, jail ministry, I uh, minister to people there, and I also minister to people in some uh, local companies, um, part of their employee assistance program. So I go in every week and I talk to different people, and probably, I would say the majority of the people I talk to probably would tell me they are Christians, okay? But the thing is, is um, many Christians have a lot of the same struggles as unbelievers, right? And I, I see that, you know, maybe, you know, I know life throws a lot of things at us, but, uh, um, you know, I, I can't, when I go talk to people uh, about whatever they're struggling with, I, I, cannot, I can't solve their problem. I'd love to be able to. But, you know, I know who can. And I can point them to the one. I can point them to God. And I can help them with their connection to God. And I can pray with them for God to help them through whatever they're, they're struggling with. And, um, um, you know, but believe it or not, I have a hard time convincing people to read the Bible. People I talk to every week, people, Christians who are, have struggles. And I, I hear a lot, and it has to do with busyness. Okay? Um, it's, um, um, you know, I understand work takes a lot of time. We have to work. We have to earn a living. People spend, you know, 40 to 60 hours or more a week working. And you have to, you have a lot, you have to spend time with your family, a lot of things um, that you ha have to do that uh, help you, you know, that you need to do to raise a family. And I, I get that. And God wants you to do those things. But sometimes people proudly equate bus busyness with being important. It, it, it makes them feel good. It's part of their identity. And, you know, I get that because, you know, I like to get things done. I like to check things off the box and think, well, you know, I was productive today. I did this and I did that, right? And then other, there's other forms of busyness, uh, and it, it's usually in people's spare time. It's like using their phone, right? Texting, social media, surfing the Internet, or just talking on the phone. And there's nothing wrong with any of these things, okay? But there is if it takes priority over your time with God. God, you know, um, God wants us to make him, him number one in our lives. He's created us to be dependent upon him. And when we're not, it opens the door to a lot of problems in our lives. In fact, I believe busyness is the enemy of spirituality. I read this quote uh, by Dr. Christine Corbett here a few days ago, and I, I really liked it. She's a professor at Southeastern University in Florida. It's an Assembly of God-affiliated university, and I'd like to share this with you. Uh, she said, salvation is not about what we do. It's about what Jesus did, the life, death, and resurrection of our Savior was not that you and I could live busy lives. It was so that he could be in an intimate relationship 
with God. So we can be in an intimate relationship with God. Wow. You think about all the things he's, all the great things he's done for us. And that's the reason he's done all those things, because he loves us. Any good father that loves his kids wants to spend time with them, right? And, it, you know, it led me, uh, God put some thoughts in my mind after I read this, and I'd like to share those with you. You know, God told me how he was all-knowing, uh, all-powerful, he's everywhere at once. You know, he is love, he loves us more than we can comprehend, you know, when we were on the road to destruction as, as far as mankind, you know, he came down from heaven and gave his life for us so we could have an eternal life with him. It's a, a relationship, an intimate relationship that starts here on earth and throughout heaven. And then he continues to want to bless us when we pass from this earth, this life, into heaven. And you know, the Bible tells us some of the things about heaven, but if you read it, he intentionally leaves things out. He basically says in his word that he did. And I think the reason he's he done that is because if we actually knew what he has in store for us, we'd get on our knees and we'd plead to him right now to take us there. We wouldn't want to live here anymore. You know, that's how much he loves us. And on top of all that, he wants to make us in a likeness of God the Son, Jesus Christ. He wants to make us like God. Isn't that amazing? You think about that for a little bit. He wants us to make us, you know, not only were we kids, but he wants us to make us like him in his likeness. You know, um, I, I'll, if we fully, I believe, believe this, deep, deep in our heart, and I think most of us believe what I just mentioned, to some degree, to some level. But if we all believe this very, very deep into our hearts, that I believe from a logical perspective, we would want to spend every spare second of time we have with him. Would you think? You know, God's humble. He doesn't force himself on us. He's not pushy. He invites us to come into his presence where he will speak to us bless us by forming us into the Christ-like person he wants us to be. He knows what the best version of us is. We don't. God knows us better than we know ourselves. He's shown me that many times in my life. Okay, um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about reading God's Word. I think I mentioned it to you all before that it was many years ago I was saved and I became a Christian. And for the first 20 plus years, went to church on Sunday and uh, prayed once a day before I went to bed. And it was usually a hur hurried prayer because I was tired and I wanted to go to sleep. And I think it probably turned a little bit too much into legalism. Um, you know. And I didn't read a whole lot of his word. And when I did, I'd feel, actually I'd feel a lot of conviction. I think, you know, I think we're supposed to feel some, but I would think, well, Mark, you know, you're, you know, you don't measure up, you know, and, and I think part of that, and that would sometimes dissuade me from wanting to read his word, and that's the wrong way to look at it and think about it. You know, if I would have knew more about the Bible, I wouldn't have thought that, because 
You know, when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I was saved and born again. Okay, I was declared righteous in him. His precious blood cleansed me of all my sin. Even though I still make mistakes, I'm still I'm righteous in him, not in Mark. I'm righteous in Jesus Christ. And, you know, uh, about almost nine years ago, uh, I had a change of heart. I was sort of sick of the way I was doing life. And so I drew close to him. The Bible says when we draw close to him, he'll draw close to us. And I, I started being more and more interested in him. And uh, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit during this period of time, which helped a lot. Uh, and I went from someone that had no interest in reading the Bible to someone that had an insatiable appetite for his word. I couldn't get enough. I went to, I, w- I thought, I want to learn all I can learn. And I went to um, a, a, a Christian university. I got a bachelor's and a master's degree in theology. And still, wanted more. And that now I'm uh, in graduate school, actually at Southeastern, uh, pursuing a master's degree in uh, ministerial leadership. Now, you don't have to go to school and all that to, to um, uh, satiate your... Uh, you know, your, your hunger for God's word. Um, you know, all you got to do is go to a quiet place and read his word. But you know, uh, God, I believe, has to put a want in your heart. In fact, he wants that in everybody's heart. But you have to ask for it. You have to, you have to draw near to him. You have to pray and, and Lord and say, please show me more about you. Help me experience more of you. Help me experience more of your, your grace, your love, and your mercy. And I, I guarantee you, when you experience that and you have that prayer, he'll put the want into your heart. Okay, there's a, a couple different types of ways to read God's word. And uh, I thought I would just share this with you because I've, I've seen these various ways. And, uh, you know, there's, there's advantages to them. And the two main ways is informational reading and formational reading, okay? And there, in a way, it's sort of self-explanatory. And in informational reading, you put an emphasis on Bible study and informing the mind. You're trying to get in your mind as much information that you can, right? You're not concerned about getting in-depth. You just want to get this information and remember it. And with this kind of reading, you, it seeks to cover as much as possible, like you, you would try to cover as much as possible in the Word. Um, but there's one drawback to this. Um, it promotes shallow thinking. It may cause you to errantly view that the goal is about getting through the Bible, not the Bible getting through to you. And, uh, you know, you may also tend to use it as an instruction manual, which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Proverbs is like, I mean, there, there's a, there's a whole bunch of good instructional life lessons there, and there is throughout the Bible, but it seems to be really condensed in that area. And I've seen some people use that like as an instructional manual. But this information that you gather or that you, you put in your mind, it leads you into a, a, another step. And this is, I believe, the most important type of reading. It's the most important type of um, process to become more godly, to be more like Christ, and that's formational reading. 
it allows us to go into a, a much deeper uh, type of relationship with the Lord. And it focuses, formational reading focuses on small portions. You know, as the word says, it's formational. It's God working uh, on you to form you into uh, being like Christ. It's an in-depth process. It's not concerned with speed, but digging deep into the word. And it's where we can stand before God and allow him to address us. You know, it allows us to get the deep meaning of his word, and also it illuminates his word. And I'd like to give a, a little example uh, to, to explain the difference in the two. How many here like to fish? Okay, I love to fish. You know, and, and when I go to a, a new lake, one of the things I normally do is I just get in my boat, go down the lake about at least 25, 30 miles an hour, check out the shoreline, check out everything that's sticking up above the water. So not only to keep m myself from hitting it right but uh, with my boat, but also those areas at some time of the year hold fish. Fish like it around those areas. But after my boat trip and surveying everything, I have just a very superficial view of the lake, right? All I've seen is just a little bit of it, you know, at the surface, all right? And now before I fish, the next thing I want to do once I've got this general knowledge, is I've picked out maybe some areas that I want to know more about. So I'll drive along about two or three miles an hour, look at my depth finder, and I want to pick out all the, little, all the, the, the big rocks all, uh, that are submerged, all the submerged uh, weed beds, um, logs, stumps, because fish hang around those more than they do in the shallow areas. And I'll look at the depth, and all that has a bearing on where fish are holding. Right? So through that, it's a very detailed analytical approach to understanding the lake. And I think that explains the difference, in my mind, between informational reading and formational. Informational is superficial, but it's good. You need to know as much knowledge, have as much general knowledge as possible about God and his word. But the formational is where we're in the presence of God. God is... Uh, helping us understand his, his words. So in, in formational reading, um, we are reading the word slow. We're meditating on, the, on, on the, the, the passages, especially what jumps out. So something stands out, something's unique, something um, gets your attention. I believe that's God telling you right then, uh, this is especially for you. This would help you in, in whatever... Um, um, struggles or, 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 or things are going on in your life. So there's a quote that I really like that even uh, goes a little further into describing formational reading, and it's by Donald Whitney. I don't know if anyone's familiar with him. Uh, he writes uh, different Christian books. He's wrote uh, uh, several of them, and uh, you know, he, he likes to write about spiritual disciplines too. He says right here, now, what is food for the inner man? Not prayer, but the word of God. Here again, not the simple reading of the word of God, so it passes through our minds just as water passes through a pipe, but considering what we read, pondering over it, and applying it to our hearts. It's not about reading God's word so we can check the box. We don't want our minds to be like a pipe where information goes in one side and out the other. We want our minds to be more like a sponge to absorb 
um, what we've read, because that's the only way it's really going to help us. All right, in summary, uh, reading the Bible daily is a vital spiritual discipline or habit God uses to bring us into a relationship with him. Or he will transform us into the likeness of Christ. He produces godliness through personal relationship that we have with him. And like I said, for this habit to be effective, it has, we have to read God's word daily. It enables us to not only better understand God and his word, but it opens the door for God to transform us. So uh, if there's anyone here that doesn't know God, that wants to become a child of his, that wants God in their life, uh, I'd like to give an invitation for them to pray this prayer with me. Uh, this relationship this, it starts here on earth and goes throughout eternity, where you'll be blessed and experience the extreme love that God has for us. So please repeat this prayer after me if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Dear Lord, please forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross and rose from the grave for me, Lord. Lord, I pray right now that you change my ways to your ways, Lord. I receive you in my heart as my Lord and Savior, Lord, and help me to follow you in that way, Lord. And Lord, I, I pray that uh, you work in me and through me greatly. And Lord, I, I thank you for your great love and forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, good deal. Uh, if anyone has received Jesus Christ right then, uh, they're, they're rejoicing in heaven right now, I guarantee it. Uh, I'd like to say just one little closing prayer. And uh, then if the worship team could come up, uh, and uh, um, we'll uh, end the service. And also, we're, we'll have people come up for prayer. So if anyone would like prayer, uh, please come forward, and, and the, the people here would be very happy to pray with you. And uh, dear Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that, uh, that, that, you, that we look to you, Lord, through this relationship. Lord, that you'll work in us and through us to become the person that you want us to be, Lord. I pray that you create in us the insatiable appetite, Lord, to learn more about you and your word, Lord. And that through this being in your presence, that we'll be not only transformed into a person like you, Lord, but that we'll be rejuvenated and that we'll know that we need to look to you every day by going to a quiet place, reading your word, and spending time with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.